Hi, everybody. In today's episode, I get to interview my friend and filmmaker, Zulfia Hamzaki. Last year, Zulfia and I first met when I was taking part in her interactive documentary called Your Heritage, Your Story. I want to mention this because without my participation in this documentary, I don't think I would have come up with the idea for this podcast more seriously than what I had been. It wouldn't have been a thing. So yeah, um, I hope you I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you enjoy hearing about her story. Awesome. Hi everybody and thanks for listening to Throw Me in a Ditch in Archaeology podcast. Um I'm your host Annabelle and I'm here today with Zofia Hamzaki and she's a filmmaker and researcher at the University of York. So thanks for joining me today, Zofia. You're welcome, Annabelle. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, no problem. So um, we met like over the summer um, for one of the projects that you were working on. But um, before we get to that, is it cool if you like let me and the listeners know a bit about um, pretty much just like your background, like maybe education, interest in the field, all of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I am originally from India, um, where I was born and mostly brought up in India, but I've lived in different countries over my short lifespan <laughs> so far. Um, but I, I've, my parents are based in Bangalore and that's pretty much where I went to college. And I always hated mathematics and science. So I knew that was not for me. So I didn't want to do a career in medicine <laughs> or commerce. And I always had an interest in arts and humanities. Um, and so I just decided after my 10th grade in India, you get to decide what field you want to specialize in. So you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. And so I did a course um, in psychology, sociology, political science, economics, and I absolutely loved it. So I think that was sort of like my introduction into what the humanities world could be. Um, and then I continued doing like a bachelor's degree in the same field. So I continued studying these subjects um, and that really gave me like a nice foundation um, in humanities. And I got really interested in learning about people and society um, mm -hmm. and just understanding like the problems around me as I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and so after that, I um, took a year's break. I wasn't sure what to do with my life yet <laughs> um so I worked in a bank for a few months and then I realized that I was really interested in a lot of the media and communications work in that company and so my boss was like what are you doing here you should get into media <laughs> and I was like you're right I'm gonna get into media <laughs> and so that's exactly what I did um and so I quit that job and then I applied um for a master's degree in media and communications in India and so I yeah. That was sort of my introduction into film. Um, and I think just generally being exposed to media. Um, and I was, and because I had that humanities background that I just talked about, I yeah. started to, you know, get interested in how I can use film as a way to interpret the world. Cool. And, and so that's how I got interested, you know, in using filmmaking. Although I first started with photography, so I had a camera and just take it with me everywhere <laughs> yeah and I would like document all my travels and mm -hmm. um and it just everything and then and that slowly developed into a real passion into like making films and so video became a really important component in my journey um and so I got into like filmmaking and then 
documentary sort of started getting interesting for me. I think again because I was so interested in just real stories and like the real world, um, because I was so like interested in humanities. And so I worked in documentary for a few a few years really in yeah. India, and I worked with a lot of nonprofit organizations in India. And then I really wanted to like understand documentary, and so. Um, I got trained in documentary film in the US, uh, which was like a two year yeah. program. And so I really understood like what nonfiction is all about and how do you like tell a good story? How do you structure a good story? And so like a lot of the traditional aspects of filmmaking. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I made like films in the US and then, you know, again, I moved back to India and worked with organizations and then finally ended up in the UK to sort of, Yes. continue exploring this path of like media making and I kind of got interested in more interactive forms because that's where the world is going now with the internet and online yeah. media and all of that so yeah that's where I am now and that's how I met you yeah <laughs> this whole journey of learning about media and you know um yeah understanding that as a way to get to know people better I guess yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool that's yeah that's really interesting actually like, yeah <laughs> Dope. Yeah. So right. like um with the project that you did or yeah, that you did like last summer that I was a part of. Um yeah. it was looking at um basically the British heritage sector. Um how did you come up with the idea for it? Um and particularly like was there anything in particular that like drew you to the heritage sector and looking more into it? Yeah. Well, it's actually, it's a long story because I hadn't planned to, you know, just come to Britain and kind of work on this project initially because it's been a journey of discovery, which started back in India before I moved here. Mm -hmm. And I think heritage for me in general has been a very like close thing that I've been trying to grapple with because you know I've lived in so many different countries and cities and across the world that you know my identity and kind of place and space kind of is something that's always on my mind I'm like where do I belong you know like where do I come from yeah who am I <laughs> so I think these kinds of questions are always part of me um and so the pandemic hit uh right and and that was when obviously I was like locked up in this apartment with my husband in Mumbai and I really kind of my world just shrunk in because I was just in that apartment like a lot of us were stuck at home yeah. and I think I started to appreciate sort of just the idea of place and kind of what matters around me and my immediate surroundings it's not like you know necessarily about a whole country but it could just be about you, how you relate to like personal space and that becomes part of your heritage and so that's when I also was like reading up about interactive media and online storytelling, because as a filmmaker at the time during the pandemic, it was really frustrating not to be able to go out and make films. And so I was like, what are people doing for stories? Like, are we just doing it online? And it looked like it was because the trend was picking up and people were sharing, you know, films online, making films online. Um, and so so this whole idea of heritage space was kind of building there. And I, and I was also working with an organization in India that um, they were like, they were a social design agency and they were working with communities uh, and how built environments um, can affect, you know, a community's health and well-being. So I really started to understand the importance of space and how 
you know, architecture and archaeology and heritage, all of these things are so combined in just being human. Um, and so I was looking for like opportunities to explore interactive media and I was looking for an interesting project and I I got to know about this project, which was sort of already predetermined in the sense that it would be with the Council for British Archaeology in the UK at the University of York. Yeah. And they were looking for someone to build or develop a project. They just had the idea that it would be interesting to like find stories of, you know, personal heritage um from people in the UK that was just like the project brief and so I found that really interesting I'm like I think this is something that I can really build and develop on because of all my interests that I just talked about yeah um and so yeah I applied for that and then I moved to the UK and I think it was also interesting British heritage especially because I come from India yeah and India was you know a colonial land of the British for so many years and so in India, I was always exposed to British architecture and, and that's something I really appreciated. And I lived in Mumbai, which is a big city and the British who built the railways and I would use those trains. And so I was always like fascinated by this architecture, which is not necessarily Indian, but it became Indian, you know, after the British came here. So being able to understand British heritage in Britain was especially appealing to me because coming from India with that sort of background, and trying to understand what British heritage means in this country um, was interesting. Um, but yeah, and so that was how I came into the project. Um, but I can tell you more about like the specific focus of, you know, how I sort of wanted to focus on the immigrant experience if you want me to continue going. Yeah, yeah, that would be like super cool. Yeah, because that's, you know, sort of why I pulled up and I was like, hey, I'm interested in like, you know, being a part of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so the next part of the yeah. journey was, you know, I got interested in the project, I came here. Um, and then, you know, I always have this sense of like my own identity in all the work that I do. Yeah. And that reflects in my films and the kind of projects and topics that I choose. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I met with the Council for British Archaeology, um, mm -hmm staff members and you know we had talked about the project and so I started yeah. doing a bit of literature review to understand how stories have been told about archaeology and heritage in the UK uh, yeah. and so I got a better understanding of you know there there's been a you know there's been issues around not enough diversity in stories of archaeology um, and yeah. there is also <laughs> as you well know <laughs> yeah and and but there are attempts to sort of you know, improve this. Yeah, I say so in the few in the last few years, but very few in terms of really like visual storytelling. You know, a lot of stories are like on text. So when you say storytelling, it could just be a written story or a novel. Yeah. But since I came with a filmmaking background, you know, like film was going to be a major component of this project, and mm -hmm. and um, and so I I had chats with staff members from the CBA. Yeah. To just get an idea about you know, as an organization for them, what does storytelling mean? And, you know, how can we bring stories of archaeology and heritage um, through film and, you know, media that people can interact with online? And so over my discussions with them, there, there was a very interesting sort of um, point that I came across in a few of the interviews, and that was about what can personal heritage mean to someone who's moved to this country? Okay. And that's something 
that was, you know, highly contested because different people felt like different ideas about that. And mm -hmm. so I was like, maybe this could then be the topic that I can explore the project. And, and I myself am an immigrant. And mm -hmm. so I was like, you know, this could be something that can bring a new perspective into understanding what archaeology could mean to someone who's moved to a country. Because a lot of times when you talk about heritage, it's about where you come from, what it means to you. And, you know, there's always like that personal connection about, you know, is it family or is it place or I don't know. So I thought then this project could be a way to explore that. Okay. And so that's when we sort of, you know, and I proposed this to the CBA and um, my supervisors and they were like, yeah. yeah, let's do this. It sounds like a really good angle to take. And also because it's so, you know, it's focused and it's specific. So rather than just getting stories of heritage, which is quite broad, like let's find stories of or what, you know, what does personal heritage mean to someone mm -hmm. who's moved? And so, yeah. yeah, and so that's how we kind of, you know, try to look for participants who moved to the UK, um, mm -hmm. were recent migrants to the UK. And um, that's how I found you. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I know you reached out to me about the project. And I was very excited to partner with you. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of how the project developed. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we made progress. Awesome. Um. So, like, you know, you did the project with, like, about British heritage and, like, the sector and stuff like that. What, what was, like, the favorite, your favorite thing that you either documented or was told or, like, saw while doing this project and learning about the heritage sector in the UK? Well, if there's one thing I've learned, that it's a very personal concept and it's not something that can easily be defined. Mm -hmm. uh, because there's just so much literature around what heritage should mean or could mean. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, at least this project, like from your story um, mm -hmm. and also Teresa's story, for the other participant in the project, is that it is such a personal story. And, yeah. and heritage means different things to different people. And it depends on your personal experiences, where you come from. Um, you know, it could be about, you know, your grandmother or it could just be about where you grew up in or it could be about the neighborhood that you're in right now yeah and I think this project really like you know explored those personal angles of heritage mm -hmm. which was so refreshing from all of this academic text that I was reading yeah heavy-handedness about it and I think one of the things that also the CBA wanted to do is like let's move out of the academic definitions of archaeology and heritage but let's just get real stories right like story of the everyday person and and that was one of the biggest goals of the project was just let's talk about the everyday person's everyday life and and yeah. and I think those are the stories that people want to relate to rather than listening to you know <laughs> stories of people that they can't relate to which I think historically has been what's been going on in archaeology and heritage um, it, you know, you probably know better than me, but because I I didn't come from an archaeology and heritage background, but the fact that I was able to do this project as a filmmaker and also be able to relate to it, you know, on a personal level, thinking of my own heritage was just, I think, incredible. Um, and and so I I should talk a little bit about the methodology actually, um, because you were part of that process, and so the methodology that I 
wanted to approach this project was through co-creation. And so it wasn't like I was going to tell your story, but then I help you tell your story. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's actually part of this whole subject called participatory media, where it is basically um, participatory filmmaking. And so, mm -hmm. and so although I'm a filmmaker in this role, I'm more of a facilitator of filmmaking. Okay. So, so that's why I had a participatory workshop, which was part of the project where we all explored ideas of heritage and archaeology yeah. thinking of your own story so I was helping you think of your own story yeah um, which is quite different from the conventional form of filmmaking isn't it this yeah is like I would come and kind of direct a film and you know take your story and then kind of put it out there and you may not really have much of a say about that but this process was very different and you know refreshing because uh, I think also in sort of thinking about the values of inclusion and diversity not just in bringing in archaeology and heritage, but also inclusion in the way stories are told. Oh. So I think giving space for people to tell their own stories is what I was trying to achieve. And I hope I did, at least in this <laughs> first, you know, sort of the prototype that we created, which is basically a platform where we worked on stories together. You wrote your own script. Anna, I Brandon, did. Which was amazing. I did. It um, was... Uh... It was a time. How did you find that experience? You know, I mean, I'm curious to know since you were part of it as well. Yeah, no, it was, it was super cool. It was really enjoyable um, to like work on and to like even think about really, because I hadn't really thought about it before. Like, you know, like my journey in like archaeology and like working in museums and stuff like that and how everything sort of like led up to, at that time I was writing my master's dissertation over the summer um so you know working on the project was it was it was a, like a quick break from like working on the dissertation so I was like having a lot of fun working on it I was having it was interesting because a lot of the photos that I sent you for that project my parents had to find at home <laughs> So I'd be like texting my parents. I'd be, hey ma, uh, can you uh, you know that photo of me dressed up as like Indiana Jones? Could you, do you know where that is? Could you like find that for me? <laughs> and then she's like, I mean, I I guess. Um, okay. And I'm like, thanks, love I, you. <laughs> I know. I remember this. I mean, just so that our listeners get a context of this was basically in the process. I asked my participants, Annabelle and Teresa, to start gathering images that were, you know, that they thought were, that they thought were in, interesting to their story. Um, and so we can start gathering this archive of your visuals. And so we basically started, like, <laughs> collecting a lot of these images. And I remember your image, you know, um, the first one of you dressed up as Indiana Jones and and how that kind of got you interested in your story of you know being an archaeologist was so fascinating and I thought these were the you know these are such gems like how else can we kind of access this kind of personal material yeah. so I think so the film actually took more of like an archival um, direction because we started building your story based on what you were providing in terms of your visual and that that was what you thought was you know important to your story 
one thing i learned is i should take more photos <laughs> document things better better same i was like ooh i thought i had a lot of photos i need to work on this <laughs> i know yeah well i mean to be honest you know there are challenges in doing this kind of film really because you know there is a sort of pressure on the participant um like you know for you trying to find these pictures and yeah. just didn't know what else i could do i'm like <laughs> <laughs> ask him all about this yeah or like shoot a video about this so right. i mean i must admit of course it's it's it was a, it's not like an absolute ideal form but there are channels and it's also a growing you know form of media and so i think we're still trying to figure out what's the best way and what how important you know and the process is and i think here the process is as important as the final product which was the film but i think the process really like taught us a lot right we we sort of connected on so many levels you we were like you were writing your script and i i had outlined an initial script based on what i talked with you um and then you picked up on that and then you recorded your own voice which was great by the way oh thank you <laughs> you're a good narrator <laughs> and i think all of those helped like you know you telling your own story in your own voice was um yeah quite uh yeah a special thing to see and i think that's impacted a lot of the viewers as well since you know you started like showing the film and the project and everything what has been like your favorite reaction to it or like most impactful reaction to it do you think oh it's it was just glorious to see people watch all of the videos <laughs> Yeah. like i saw someone see all, your entire film yeah and because this film is in a, in a, in an interactive mode which means that you know your story is being broken down into chapters people have the option to just choose what they want to watch yeah um and so people may just watch one minute or and mm. then just give up and not watch it but i remember when i was at the um chartered institute for archaeologist conference in nottingham last mm. month with the CBA we had you know this film loaded up on a tab or, and the CBA had their own table at the conference yeah. and so we were just kind of seeing you know would people be interested in watching this like what would it be like and there were people who just put on the headphones and they were just completely like lost in the experience <laughs> so so people were like Oh, I want to watch more of these stories, you know, like yeah. it's just two, it's just two stories, you know, <laughs> are you going to make more? So I think that was my favorite reaction, the fact that people wanted to see more. Okay, and cool. That's positive because if people yeah. want to see more, that means what's there is like quite engaging and you know, so people are interested. It's not like ah, yeah. Boring. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Um one of my I think favorite experiences in relation to that project was when I was trying to film a clip about clay pipes. So I was like in front of the clay pipes talking about how passionate I am about them. I love them. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know why, but I just do. And they bring me joy. And I tried recording it a couple times and I was like, basically, it was like basically like a selfie video. So I remember one time the area that I was in was empty, or at least I thought it was. So I was like, 
on my phone being like, hey, everybody. And then there was a guy, he like popped his head around the corner, was like making solid eye contact with me. And I had to like stop making the video. I was like, hello? And he was like, oh, I thought you were talking to me. I was like, oh, I'm not. Like, oh okay. God. I was like, how are you today? And he's like, I'm good. I'm like, that's good. I'm just, I'm recording a quick video. Like, take two seconds. He was like, nah, it's cool. I was like, awesome. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad that you you kind of still persevered to get that clip, which is perfect. I absolutely love that clip. That you, that you yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like keep thinking every once in a while. I'm like, I don't even know where he came from because they're like all glass. Like it's like mostly glass, and I just didn't see it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was super cool and like yeah, just the experience itself and like you know getting to like meet you and talk with you was like super cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I should also mention that it's in this sort of a project, it's so important for you to want to have, you know, to want to tell your story. Because, yeah. you know, there was just so much interest and enthusiasm on your side that if you didn't have it, then I couldn't have like forced you like, you know, <laughs> send me these clips or like, what? Yeah. no, but then you had that drive to share your story. And I think that really helped the process because that kind of helped us both, you know, and that's the beauty of co-creation, isn't it? The fact that we were able to work together to put your stories together. And, you know, I edited it, but it was, you know, with your feedback and sort of yeah. like build, building it together. That whole experience was just like quite unique, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything you would like the world to know? Well, I think the only thing that I at least, you know, having worked on this project and exploring personal heritage in Britain from an immigrant's point of view is that mm -hmm. it's so important to just be aware of yourself and where you live and who's around you yeah. because these are actually the kinds of stories that people want to hear and it's like the stories of the everyday it could be you you know and and yeah. I think storytelling is for everyone. And, you know, even today, this whole podcast, I was just telling you my story and you were sharing your story with me, you know, in your own yeah. way. So I think it's just like storytelling is such a big part of our life. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, we should just engage with it without fear. Yeah. And now with the internet and everyone's online, it's everything is so accessible. And I think that's yeah. a really positive sign. Just kind of... Yeah. We we haven't even met in person, Annabelle. I'm gonna. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I know you so well because we've just talked online. But right. We worked on a whole project together. Now you're doing this podcast with me. Isn't that amazing? I feel like the world yeah. has just kind of gotten smaller. Yeah. You know, so the internet is good. Yay! And storytelling yeah. is also like you know keeping up with that. So I think it's looking good. Yeah. Thanks for, you know, being on this beautiful podcast of mine and, <laughs> my you pleasure know, yeah like you know good luck with all future projects stuff like that but yeah thank you so much oh my pleasure thank you annabelle hi everybody just want to let you know that since this episode sophia and i have met in person so just wanted to update you guys on that and also a link to the interactive documentary your heritage your story will be in the description. So give it a listen if you're interested. And I hope you enjoyed hearing Zofia's story. 
I hope you enjoy the interactive documentary if you decide to check it out. And I'll see you next episode.